On your Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors, it's Awesome Guest Wednesday as Dan Devine from Yahoo Sports is on the show. We're going to talk about what parts of the Raptors are bringing him joy, Pascal Siakam-related therapy, and of course, the in-season tournament, which is causing all sorts of people to put people in headlocks and whatnot. It's a wonderful thing. It's all coming up on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, November the 15th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. We cover the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors, and of course, the Locked On Raptors Discord server, baby. The link is in the description. It's a wonderful community we got building around the show. It's a great place to be in during games and whatnot. You can ride the roller coaster of emotion, much like we did during that very stupid Wizards game on Monday night. The link is in the description. It's free to join. Come hang out in our Discord. You can also find the show for free on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend, etc., and on YouTube as well. Subscribe. Hit the little notification bell, and you'll get notifications every single time the pod's going live so you never miss an episode all right on today's show i'm extremely excited because i am joined by one of my favorite people covering the nba has long been that and is frankly one of like the only beacons of joy and happiness sometimes in the nba (laughs) discourse the host of the wonderful divine intervention podcast he's on no cap room with jake fisher there's all sorts of great writing over at yahoo sports it's dan divine dan how the hell are you I'm doing well, Sean. I'm also like, oh, I'm doing well because that energy is fantastic. I'm doing a little worse because now I'm like, I need, that's the level I need to get to in terms of like the professionalism and smoothness of hosting. Like I'm still new to this. You're true to this. That was incredible to watch and it's incredible to be here with you. Look, man, I uh, I came in thinking I had to bring it a little extra because I always find your <laughs> intros to kick ass. So now we're just, you know, patting each other on the back for how That's good we right. are at our jobs. Wonderful. Mutual, mutual admiration <laughs> society never hurt anybody. Let's go. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, Dan, we're going to get into a lot today. I want to talk to you about some personal stuff I'm going through with Pascal Siakam and his potential future or lack thereof with the Toronto Raptors. We're going to talk about the in-season tournament, which, as I mentioned off the top in my clunky cold open, uh, it, it seems to be having the desired effect of making people care, perhaps too much, Draymond Green. Uh, we'll get to that as the Raptors get set for their in-season tourney debut on Friday against the Celtics, the lone team yet to play in the in-season tourney. But let's start off. Dan, you begin your podcast, Divine Intervention, talking about the things that you're thankful for, the things that bring people joy in the NBA. I have to ask you, this Toronto Raptors team, they're 5-5. and They're not very good on offense. They're very good on defense. They're pretty weird. They got weird, cool players, the fit of which, you know, suspect at best. Uh, What brings you joy about watching this Toronto Raptors team? And do you find them to be in any way a joyful team to like have on your schedule of games that you got to watch on a given night? I think there's joy in just the new. And I think mm-hmm. we, we we reached a point where the with the Raptors before, you know, by the end of last season where 
it felt like the joy was really drained out of the experience. There was the, the sense that you, when you turned on a Raptors game, you were going to see something different, a style that, that other teams didn't play, a means of scrabbling together an offense that was different than other teams, but had its own sort of unique, uh, you know, fun component to it. And then by the end of last season, it just kind of felt like a, a real slog. And that obviously was reflected in many of the postseason comments, the preseason comments, the way that the team uh, conducted its offseason, the sense that there was, well, I mean, whether there was the who was selfish and who was not or where the joy went and where it wasn't and all that kind of stuff. There was a feeling of this needs to be different. It needs to be new in some way. And then so out goes Nick Nurse, in comes Darko Ryakovic, and then there's an attempt to it there's only so much you can sort of cook different things with the same ingredients but you can at least try a new recipe right and so mm -hmm. there is the 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 sear the sense of exploration of we're gonna emphasize ball movement we're gonna emphasize quick decision making that 0.5 sort of offense that that idea that a you know stems down from the greg popovich disciples and has sort of titrated all throughout the league and we're gonna try to emphasize Scotty Barnes more in a higher usage role. And we're going to see what that looks like, but we're also, you know, we're not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater in terms of still working out of the post a lot, but we're going to try to do a lot more screening off the ball, get more people moving, more people engaged and involved. We're not going to only play six guys for most of the time. We're <laughs> going to let more guys play with more people, maybe more fun. Um, and there's just a general sense of, of renewal that I think, you know, the results have a, a, you know, redounded to basically the same place, you know, five and five, and they've got like the point differential of a five and five team. And they were, they're a, you know, top 10-ish defense and a bottom 10-ish offense. And so, but how you arrive at those things, I think can matter a great deal. And in the early going, the, the, the ability to arrive at it uh, with at least a new roadmap, I think it ha has brought some joy. And I'd be, I'll be honest with you, watching that big comeback against the Wizards on Monday night, I had the feeling, or it reminded me very much of that big comeback game against the Mavericks a couple of seasons ago, where it was, it was the, mm -hmm. like, Kyle Lowry just won't let us lose game. Yeah. And so while we can argue and maybe a reasonable more sober person than me can say you probably shouldn't need the big comeback win over the wizards um but getting <laughs> or the it, spurs the week prior or uh, the spurs the week prior <laughs> yeah but getting them is better than not getting them and getting mm -hmm. them in a way that maybe makes you feel a little bit happy in the process you know who can argue with that for sure um you know you're a national writer dan you watch all these teams and i'm sure like with any job there are days where you're more excited to work than others and like tasks <laughs> you like doing more. Sure. Uh, and so the Raptors, like they were like bottom of the league pass rankings for Zach Lowe. I think they were 29th or 28th. Uh, this is a team that does not have a good offense. And I think a lot of sort of like, oh, our fascination with like the Indiana Pacers or last year's Kings is, ooh, offense is cool. Offense makes fun watch on uh, Wednesday night or whatever. Um, I'm curious, Dan, is it possible for this version of the Raptors to be like a league pass darling. I've been kind of kicking around this idea. Hmm. Like the offense is bad. A lot of the other stuff is not. Like Scotty Barnes, very cool, unique, throwing no-look passes. They run like maniacs. They're so good in the open court. Obviously, it's only 20% or less of their possessions that they're doing it. But when they do it, it's pretty riveting stuff. And like I, I would like for there to be some space in the collective basketball-watching world for us to appreciate cool and good defense, which the Raptors, I think, play and are kind of highlighting and having an exclamation point be a whole lot of Scotty Barnes blocks at the end of these possessions. 
can this offensively challenged, you know, running dependent defense focused team be a league pass darling? Is it a team that you see the general NBA consensus kind of being like, oh, we got to tune into that Raptors game tonight at any point this year? Or do you think they're going to be kind of resigned to the, you know, Orlando magic fate of, yeah, okay, that game's happening, but what else is going on around the league? Right. The uh, I got to eat my vegetables kind of game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I it, it's it's an uphill climb. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to lie about that. When in doubt, uh, pursuing points is a is a pretty viable entertainment watching strategy uh, mm -hmm. and pursuing speed um, at which the Raptors, as you mentioned, they at least provide that um, the the uh, frequency with which they run the effectiveness with which they do it. Um, the tendency to have uh, the, the the fact that you can have multiple players being the ones who initiate it, like it, it's not just you get the the ball in the point guard's hands and he's throwing hit aheads. It's also all of your sort of misbegotten giants that do that on the Raptors too. Um, and that that is entertaining. That is engaging. I think what winds up where where the the consciousness can sort of steer in a team's direction is if you get the sense that they're regularly going to play close games or weird games. And so sure. like you don't I didn't have to be watching Raptors Wizards um and in fact if you so you just like you look at that and you circle it on the calendar you're probably like mm, that's maybe <laughs> there a are stay other away. things to do this night. Maybe yes. a Costco run. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, organize that filing cabinet that you have to you've been meaning to get to. Um yeah, there so but when it's like something big and dramatic happened and now the countervailing dramatic thing of now they're coming back and also they are whether they're forcing weird things for the other team or the other team's doing weird things on their own and then they're capitalizing like there's at least a you know a dramatic tension to it and i think the raptors are capable of creating that and providing that there are also individual talents who are just who, who merit that kind of consideration and watching OG Ananobi is probably always going to be the favorite of a guy who, of you know, your basketball hipster kind of guy, because mm -hmm. yeah, like it's it's a little bit trickier of a sell to say to somebody. So this guy shows no emotion ever, and he just defends everybody really well. It's like, <laughs> well, all right, you know, cool. Um, Scotty Barnes is a little bit easier of a sell. Siakam, when he's got the you know the spins and the elbows and knees going, like that's a little bit easier of a sell, but. It's not high volume and it's not high like high wire act kind of like, you know, Steph from 35 kind of stuff. And so that's always sure. going to be an uphill climb. But the the fact that they are competitive and consistently in games and that they, they're probably not going to run away from a whole lot of teams, but a whole lot of teams probably aren't going to run, run away from them. It provides that kind of like rubber band effect of at least they'll be in dramatic games late. And then, you know, that draws more eyeballs. And if you win more of those than you lose, then maybe the consensus starts to mount. So League Pass Darlings, I'm sensing not really in their future, but uh, League Pass Body Horror Freak that you can't look away from? <laughs> Hell right. yeah, let's go. All right, let's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cronenberg's Fly, let's go for that. The Toronto <laughs> Brundle Flies. Uh, wow, all right, off to a resounding start. We're going to come back to the other side, Dan. We're going <laughs> to dig into uh, a thing that I I'm hoping you can help me with as someone who hosts a self-help podcast about basketball on Divine Intervention. It's a thing I've been grappling with. The thing the listeners know I've been grappling with is my uh, Pascal Siakam-related bias seeps into everything I do. It's going to come up on the other side as we dig into Pascal Siakam, his future, and, and therapizing my feelings on it. We'll do that in just one sec. But first, got to tell you about today's sponsor, which is E. 
eBay Motors. And right now, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily podcast or scouting the waiver wire, Every week, we're going to be providing you the players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster, much like eBay Motors brings you the guaranteed fit for your ride. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. He's got Bilal Koulibaly, who we saw on Monday. He's got uh, Keontae George, but he also has one Kyle Lowry, who was not doing so hot to start the year. But the beloved Toronto Raptor, uh, the greatest Raptor of all time, of course, has uh, kind of figured things out with Tyler Hero out of the lineup. He's putting up numbers and he's being Kyle Lowry all over the place. We love to see it. And Kyle Lowry is your guaranteed fit pick of the week. If we were playing in the Lockdown Raptors Fantasy League in, in a league with fewer than 16 teams, I'd have Lowry on my team for sure. But there's no one available in this damn league. And so I got to go deeper cuts than what Josh is offering here. However, if you're playing in a normal league with normal people who are not little freaks and sickos like the Locked On Raptors listeners out there, go find Kyle Lowry in your waiver wire and add him to your team. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, we continue on here with Dan Devine of Yahoo Sports and the wonderful Divine Intervention, which is my new favorite NBA podcast. I love it. It's fantastic, Dan. I'm so glad it exists. Uh, I'm working my way through your episode with Mike Levin from Rights to Ricky Sanchez. As we speak right now, it's very good stuff, even though the Sixers, uh, dastardly, we don't like them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's dive in to pascal siakam shall we mm. uh you know diviner dimension is a self-help podcast about basketball and i thought who better to help me talk through my pascal siakam related feelings than dan divine here's the thing i, I am if yeah. nothing else unqualified for this i, I this is this, like it is important that people know i am I, I make no claim to actual therapeutic uh skill or ability uh my only experience at it is on the consumer side of that uh as mm. opposed to a provider but uh in the context of basketball discussions sure i'm happy to be a listening ear perfect okay so here's the deal I love Pascal Siakam. Uh, He's one of my favorite Raptors of all time. I love his arc as a player. I like players who it's not always clean for, right? I like the up and down. I like the struggle. I like the fact that the bubble exists in his history as a thing that he had happened and then overcame and then became a two-time All-NBA player. I guess that year he was one, but, you know, he's done it once since. He's been very good. He was awesome last season, even though he didn't make All-NBA. I like the arc that Scotty Barnes is on, and... I love the idea of the next act of his career being as the sort of properly cast number two on a team that has a number one, which right now looks like it could be Scotty Barnes sometime down the line based on what we've seen so far this year. And look, I'm probably guilty of like wanting to talk that duo into existence. And like, I understand there are fit concerns. I understand there's overlap. I also tend to think that like having talented players on your team is good and figuring out the talent around the the best players is kind of the better way to go. Um, And so I do think there's like a basketball argument for trying to keep Siakam in Toronto long-term. And I kind of think the Siakam-Barnes-OG trio with the right context around them can be extremely awesome. 
I also have eyes. I also know that he has not been <laughs> extended yet. I also know that the tea leaves are suggesting that Pascal Siaka may not be a Toronto Raptor beyond the trade deadline this year if things don't go super well between now and February. How, how, how do I grapple with this, Dan? How do you like, I mean, you're a Knicks fan. I'm sure this has happened before to you with like a beloved player who you kind of saw the end of the, the road coming with. You know, we've seen it happen with Kyle Lowry recently, like the encroaching end of a player's time with the team. It felt like it was happening like a dozen times with Kyle before it actually happened. Right. Uh, so it kind of steeled you for the eventuality of it uh, when it went down a couple of years ago. But I am, uh, I'm having a hard time kind of parsing my personal feelings toward Pascal Siakam, my desire to see him be like a long-term forever Raptor and all of the stuff that suggests that's probably not going to happen. Can you help me kind of reckon with these feelings, Dan? Well, first, I wouldn't be a good listener and faux basketball therapist if I didn't note that in the course <laughs> of your description of how you were feeling about Siakam and saying you're like you're uh, the, the arc of his career, um, you did slip briefly and say like, and I love Scotty Barnes's arc. And so I think it's worth noting that like maybe, or maybe at least considering <laughs> why that might've happened. You know, sometimes, sometimes a slip of the tongue is, you know, me is meaningful and suggests hey, something. I'm going to go sit on my couch over here. Yeah. If you want to like lay down, just leave the yeah. camera, you know, <laughs> pointed at the back. Um, this may be something to, con to consider. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's, it's one of the more relatable pr challenges that, fans deal with um that for a front of front offices often I, I honestly even i can't even super blame masai ujiri and bobby webster and company for that like th they seem to be very reluctant to move on from the guys that got to the top of the mountain with them and for them and it, it's it represents a pretty stark shift like there was not that level of sentimentality for demar Derozan, despite nope. what demar Derozan meant to fans and to the organization as a whole but in pursuit of the grandest glory the sport has to offer, they were willing to jettison him and then they got the thing. And then since they got the thing, they have not been willing to actively choose to part ways with the guys that got them there. And I sure. get that. I completely get the sentimentality of that. Um, it can lead to some pretty challenging asset management and roster construction uh, hurdles to, to, to navigate, but I super, I super get it. And from the fan perspective, my, so my version of that guy as a younger fan, it was John Starks. And like, okay. I knew that John Starks was not the best shooting guard in the league. I knew he wasn't an all regular all-star. I knew that he bore responsibility for the shooting in game seven of that NBA finals. And yet, and even today, I'm 41 years old and we are very far removed from that. But I, my immediate knee-jerk reaction to somebody bringing up John Starks' shooting in Game 7 is, well, when he had 27 points in Game 6 of that series and nobody else could make a shot, if anybody else shows up in that game, they win it in 6 and you don't have to worry about Game 7. And so we build these walls for ourselves, right? We, we um, you know, you, you put on your armor to go into the comment sections of life and fight for <laughs> your guy. Um, and Pascal Siakam is a guy worth fighting for. He's a guy worth defending in that way. You, you mentioned sort of the grand sweep of his career, the like going from, what was it like New Mexico? Like, like a, sort of yeah. a lower tier prospect, not somebody that everybody saw this for, picking the game up late from Cameroon and then going coming in through New Mexico and then winding up a you know late first round pick and like an energy hustle guy, garbage man that climbs, 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 and here we are. It's not 
you you invest a lot of yourself in that. And actually, you know, you mentioned the conversation that I had with uh, Mike Levin on divine intervention for this week's episode. We were talking about that in the uh, Tyrese Maxey conversation, sure. Sim similar situation, late first round pick. People were like, people thought he could play, but maybe not at this level. And then you're watching the ascent. And so he, in that part of his journey, is earlier than where you guys are with Siakam. The contract hasn't come yet. The potential complication of the following contract hasn't come yet. And the question of who would you trade this guy for? Mm -hmm. His p positioning on that is like, uh, I can analytically think like there's 15 or 20 guys I would make that choice for, but my feeling is nobody. That's yeah. my guy. And so Siakam has been there for you and for Raptors fans. And I think the the, I don't know that it's healthy for me to recommend transferring those feelings to Masai Ujiri. That may also, <laughs> also might not be fair for Masai Ujiri, but I think what, from a fan, a fan base perspective, you don't want to have to make those choices. You want those yeah. choices to be sort of presented to you by the organization. But Masai Ujiri is doing the same thing. It's like a passive aggressive breakup. Like I don't actually, I don't, I do want this relationship to be over but I don't really want to be the bad guy who breaks up with you. So I'm sure. just going to kind of like start kicking a little more usage to the new guy over here and like move him to the center of the frame and be like, well, it's Scotty's team, but like it's also Pascal's team, but like I'm going to spend more time with that guy. And I'm not going to like talk to you as much. And like I won't reach out. I might ghost you on a couple of like, you know, negotiations for a long-term extension, but like <laughs> that'll be up to, you know, like I'll wait for you then to then break up with me. So then I'm not the guy who was the bad guy. I was just sort of emotionally disconnected and distant. I guess what I'm saying is that Masai might be modeling toxic masculinity in a way that's not necessarily <laughs> helpful, but if you, it could be useful for a fan to be able to say, I will transfer my frustration there. And then I don't yeah. get to, I don't have to be mad about Pascal. I don't have to be uh, sad about the way it's it's ending. I, or if I'm going to be sad, I can turn it into anger, put it over there. And then at least, like, you know, you have a pillow to punch or a, uh, a, a you know, a pinata to swing a stick at. And maybe inside there is, uh, you know, there's some delicious candy of a future built around Scotty Barnes. I don't know. Um, but I wouldn't, I also wouldn't be doing my, I'm a, you know, analytics guy in some capacity two thing if I didn't say they're plus eight per hundred with the both of them on the floor together this season. They're good. Um, they're really good. Yeah. Like for all, for all the frustration about like who gets to hold the reins and like who's ascending and who's de descending, like maybe if they hold the reins together, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, question mark he says, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, it is a, it's one of the more challenging things a fan has to deal with is seeing like you can see the writing on the wall and you don't have like the eraser. Um, yeah. So all I can say to that point is you get to make a choice as a fan of what level of joy you, what level of, of joy you're prioritizing. If you are prioritizing sort of the ultimate goals, it can be tricky to stay in the moment with it. But you can also make the choice every day to be, um, you know, to be great, you know, grateful for and uh, seizing the joy that's in front of you right now. And right now you've got Siakam coming off of his best performance of the season on a team that is providing some pretty fun basketball to watch. And there is there are those moments of synergy with him and Scotty, with him and OG and where like something new is maybe burbling. So I think the, the, the advice there is grab that with both hands and hang on to it while it's there. And then tomorrow is going to be tomorrow. And then if, when you get to tomorrow, if it doesn't work out the way you like, blame Masai. 
We're getting places here. This is helping, Dan. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I appreciate that your uh, talk about John Starks' game six in the finals is basically the equivalent of my, but did you see Pascal's defense in the bubble? It was so good <laughs> to make it to game seven without his incredible defense in lineups where Norm Powell was the small forward. Come on now. Um, I, I think this is helpful. I, I think for me, I'm just kind of channeling all of my energy into rooting for any instance in which it looks like it works and then just kind of like highlighting and circling and being like, use that as your sort of barometer for decision-making. Um, and my hope is that they can win up a whole bunch of games here over the next few months and make the decision for Masai. And if not, yeah, maybe directing my ire towards Masai is the way to go. Dan, thank you so much. I will, uh, I guess, Venmo you some therapy money. I know it's <laughs> pricey, but I appreciate it very much. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side, Dan, and get into the in-season tournament, which is a thing that I'm very excited to talk to you about because you're a person who likes joy and fun and cool things, and I think the tournament is all of those things, and it's been something I've been kind of championing for a very, very long time, and I'm curious to get a national perspective on it. We'll get to that in just one sec. Before we do, however, got to tell you about Ibotta. It's a wonderful app where you make money back on the things that you are going to buy anyway. And if you are American, like our guest Dan, or you're a Canadian looking to have a Thanksgiving feast in the last week in November, just because you want to replicate that very cool and fun holiday where everyone decides, hey, Thursday's a holiday, let's just take it off, then you can go get your cash back for stuff you're going to buy for your Thanksgiving feast at Ibotta. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipts. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So make sure you can beat inflation by going and getting that cash back on no matter what you are purchasing. Uh, other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you can get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Download the Ibotta app now and use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $100, 100% back, that is, 100% uh, cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November the 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. Use the code LOCKED. All right, rounding things out here. Thanks so much for being along, uh, tuning in. We'll be back again later tonight as we'll have a post-game episode after Raptors Bucks. We'll have Katie Heindel on the podcast on Friday for her weekly spot as well. We love Katie, don't we, Dan? Katie. Absolutely. Okay. One of the one of my favorite people in this line of work. A thousand percent. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to the tournament, shall we, Dan? The sure. uh, in-season tournament, the Raptors are the last team to have uh, yet to play a game in the tournament so far. feel like they're missing out a little bit. I don't know if there's going to be some sort of like uh, investigation into schedule chicanery. Are we getting that <laughs> deep into conspiracies in year one of the tournament? I don't know. Uh, what I do know is the Raptors play on Friday. I just want to kind of get your thoughts, Dan. I know there's lots of sort of, uh, you know, big mouths around the world, the basketball, who are like, this is stupid. <laughs> Nobody should care about this. Why do I care about this? For me, it seems like there's literally no downside. It creates sure. an extra thing that is fun to kind of keep an eye on. The courts are a little bit cool and interesting. My wife, who doesn't care about basketball a lot at all, saw the Sixers court last night and was like, huh, that's fun. That's right. cool. That's a good thing. Um, and so 
kind of, you know, going way back when I was still an unemployed blogsman way back in the early 2010s, I wrote on a now defunct blog about how I wanted an in-season tournament so, so badly. Oh, okay. um, this has been a thing I've been pining for for day, years. Like, this is not a thing you can find, by the way. That blog is entirely scrubbed from the internet because there was no good blogs on there. But this was <laughs> at least an idea that could have been a good blog if I were not an idiot and 21 years old and bad at writing. Hey, you, um, de you deserve to treat yourself more kindly than that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, I'll, I'll chip you more money uh, on top of what I sent you in the break. Um, so for me, again, my kind of big thing with this is there's no downside. And it's a thing that makes NBA players seemingly try a little harder, which for me is basically like a golden Oreo. It's an impossible to screw up product. And <laughs> I am very excited to watch the Raptors take part in the pre in the in-season tournament starting on Friday when they play the Celtics. What's your sort of view on it? I think I know where you land on the existence of the tournament, but I want to hear it from your mouth. Yeah. I, I mean, I was going to be watching them anyway, right? Um, so I, like, for me, yeah, it is like, oh, this is a different experience for something that I was going to be around for anyway. What is the, what is the downside to that, mm -hmm. right? Um, if it mean, like, I would caution a little bit that as we see on Tuesday night, like everybody fighting, um, <laughs> I don't know that that's necessarily uh, pegged to the in-season tournament, like the sure. additional competition of that, it uh, might be more just Rudy Gobert's general irritating nature and Draymond being super aggro. Yeah, fair. yeah, it might have more to do with like Draymond Green having a lot of stuff to unpack and um, and maybe being still like sort of sore that Anthony Edwards tucked him in on Sunday night and you know like stuff like that. Um, years of burbling feuds with Rudy Gobert that appear to be more <laughs> one-sided than anything. Um, and then there was like and uh, there was. Lakers Grizzlies got, had a, a scuffle and that's been blowing up for two years, you know, um, and coming off the playoff season. And then there was like, I think there was something in Spurs Thunder too. And so some of that is like just the people involved. It was Zach Collins, Jeremy Sohan and Chet Holmgren. All those guys seem to be looking for a fight more often than yeah. not. So like sometimes some of it is just like the natural outgrowth of competition. But the fact that it is competitive is a good thing. Seems to be a good thing. Um, and the, the, pre, the, the, if you've seen some veterans say that the idea of the whatever five hundred thousand uh, dollar you know winner's purse is meaningful to them insofar as it is meaningful to the young guys on the team, the guys who haven't made a whole lot of money, or the guys that are like coming through on ten days or whatever, and that I think is cool. Like. The, the fact that those guys get paid more money doesn't necessarily matter to me as a fan, or that the coaches would make more money as it doesn't matter to me as a fan, but. If it gives them a reason to care about it more as somebody who's already here caring about it, like then what, what more can you ask for? Right. Mm -hmm. So my overarching sort of thought process on this has been. I was somewhat skeptical about the play in tournament. I've been skeptical about some of the other uh, tweaks and adjustments, and then they have been they have ranged from either. I continue to not really care about that. It doesn't negatively impact my life to it actually improves the product. And so that's a good thing. And I can at least, if nothing else, grant the same grace period to this of like, let's find out. I don't know. Like, it's not overwhelming to consider, well, okay, these games played on these days matter for a different thing. And eventually it'll be point differentials and yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. Um, and if the if it means more stuff to pay attention to as you go along and more things to keep track of, like, there's worse things than that. Like, I sat, I sat there on Tuesday night being like, I need to check out this Hawks Pistons game and and like again that's some of that is like you watch your vegetables because you want to make sure you're what you're seeing everybody but it's also like also Asar Thompson is unbelievably cool so 
And here, no. <laughs> here's a, a quick plug to something. I, I, I behind the curtain for all of the listeners. I delayed this recording because I had to finish writing something. I had I found out last night I had to write like a takeaways from the in season tournament thing. And one of the takeaways is Asar Thompson is everywhere. So yeah, yeah, that is something you know that should I might even be up at yahoosports.com by the time you're you're listening to this. So uh, you know, plug away there, Dan. Um, but yeah, right. The 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 con the conceit of we want to give you as many reasons to care about this as possible. We know you could be doing anything else in the world. We talked about that filing cabinet earlier. Let's <laughs> let's find more reasons for you to give a crap and try to pre and reward you for paying attention. Um, it's not exactly like you know uh, uh, like the Reddit for True Detective or something like that where we're unveiling Easter eggs, but like we're going to reward you for paying attention uh, by having games where people are playing their asses off and really trying. There are worse things in the world than that. So I think. Uh, I, I, the main thing that I'm taking away from it now is like, I wish you would have left that blog post up like to, to be able to, to have, have called the shot and say like a decade ago, I was right. And here I am being proven correct every night that we have the, every Tuesday and every Friday uh, from now until whenever the middle of December. I, I will go and uh, re-up my WordPress subscription uh, as soon as we wrap here, <laughs> see if I can find the beta of it in the back in some sort of scroll somewhere. Right. Um Last thing here, obviously the courts are a big thing. I love mm -hmm. the courts. They're stupid. They're fun. They're bright. They remind me of the gyms I play pickup at sometimes. OKC <laughs> in particular. Blue court? Hell yeah. Um, the Raptors, their jersey. We'll, we'll show it here on the screen for those who haven't seen it yet. Their jersey in court. The court, I think, looks very cool. It looks like asphalt, basically. I mm -hmm. don't love the black and gold color scheme, but for this, I think it works. The jersey, to me looks like dehydrated pee uh i, I don't <laughs> love it I, I am kind of over the black and gold color scheme in general this leaves me and i've been thinking about this for a while and i'm getting a little hopeful perhaps stupidly ahead of next year where it's the 30th anniversary season um dan is it time that the toronto raptors just decide you know what Everyone agrees our original jerseys, logo, and color scheme are awesome. It's like universally beloved as one of the best jerseys and whole design situations in pro sports history. The 90s are cool again. People are wearing stuff from the <laughs> 90s. And it, like I wore a Charlotte Hornets sweater earlier this week that I've had for 10 years and finally felt, you know what? It's back in style. Uh, should they just go back to the originals, Dan? I, I, I'm going to be championing this, I think, on the show for quite some time, but it'd be nice to get a national endorsement as well. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the idea that my endorsement would carry any weight is phenomenal here. Um, it, it is <laughs> more it than is, mine. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, though, because you, you like literally in, you know, you had mentioned that you wanted to bring this up in the in the conversation. And my first note on it is, quote, I'm a little over the OVO gold personally. Like, I, I get why it was a thing. I get you know, the 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 cross cultural and like expand beyond just the NBA sandbox component of whatever we can do to, to latch on to Drake's buzz and however we can align ourselves with him. It, it totally made all the sense in the world. But that was a while ago. And it feels a mm -hmm. little bit like the juice that was worth the squeeze has already been squoze or whatever, you know, like we maybe you could move on from that. And yeah, as you go through and you look at these other courts and these other uniforms like the, like the Lakers have their pur the purple stripe down the center of the court. The Pelicans have like the neon purple with like the the you know bright green. The Suns leaning into the purple. The Jazz even going with like a light purple look. Like this is the rap. Like you like you guys fathered this. Like this is yeah. your like I think leaning into that brand identity makes a ton of sense to me. As you mentioned, like the the cyclical nature of style and of fashion, it has come back around. What was what was a throwback can be cool again. You know, the Hornets doing it with their teal, all the, all those sorts of things. 
there is a, I think there's an appetite for it. And I think there's a, and also just like a, a, a willingness, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't feel compelled to run away from the things from the past where it's like, well, I feel a little bit embarrassed about that because that was my, you know, toddling adolescence in the way I looked then. You know, you got to love that kid too, man. Like, you know, that, uh, even if you feel self-conscious about the way he looked in those high school pictures, like that, that, you know, if not for him, you wouldn't be where you are today, right? So I think the Raptors reinvigorating that, readjusting to it, uh, committing to it would be a wonderful thing. And it also presents the possibility for a freaking huge dinosaur on the middle of an NBA court, not just a claw, not just a claw with a ball, not whatever, a friggin' huge dinosaur. And I think we could we could all stand to see more huge dinosaurs in more places in our lives, especially if they are purple or red or something. Like let you know let let's get weird with it. And uh, the whole point of this is to make it like unnormal situations, right? So you know you are one of you have in your back pocket a bright purple color scheme and a dinosaur. Let's get unnormal. I agree. I'm holding up the book jacket from our pal Alex Wong. Yes. Uh, beautiful, prehistoric. Uh, I don't read books with the jacket on. I'm not a psycho. The book is in the other room. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's beautiful. It's perfect. And it's purple. And uh, I think everyone bought the book, not just because of the content within, but because it's so pretty on the outside. Let's do it. Uh, I'm glad we have one national endorsement. I will work on getting a list of names uh, to <laughs> send to uh, Nike, to Fanatics, to... I, I guess Masai Ujiri. I don't know. We'll work on it. Um, You're going to get a, just, a, a thick packet of them and just nail it to the door of the NBA offices. Like, you know, like Martin, Martin Luther in the 95 Theses, just <laughs> hammering it into Adam Silver's office door. Also, like, if we're going to take, like, the cynical approach to this, you know how much money they would make off me specifically if all of the stuff was purple <laughs> again? Like, I feel like that would be replicated over many, many thousands of Toronto Raptors fans. Money's good, right? People like money. Uh, people like Dan Devine as well. For good reason. Dan, <laughs> thank you so much things, for coming those on Those two show, things man. always right next to each other. Dan Devine and money right there. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, it's, it's yeah. my absolute pleasure. Uh, you've been extraordinarily kind to me. The fact that you... You know, you mentioned earlier that you you are enjoying the show. Um, the fact that anybody is listening to a show that has been described that we decided to describe as a self help podcast about basketball <laughs> is beyond my comprehension. Um, <laughs> that anyone is listening to it is great. That so you are enjoying it so much more so. Um, so uh, it was my pleasure to return the favor and to to be able to talk with you a little bit today. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Everyone go check out all of Dan's stuff at Your Man Divine on the website that doesn't work at uh, Yahoo Sports, of course. Lots of writing, Asar Thompson stuff, apparently. I just read everything you can about Asar Thompson. He's Andre Kirilenko with Bounce. It's awesome. Um, go check now, it out. Now I'm mad I didn't put that in the friggin' blog post, man. All just right, fine. Just edit it in, man. Yeah, I don't, that's right. That's the way ahead. it works. That's yeah, right. 100%. Um, either way, uh, it was awesome having you. Go check out all Dan's stuff. You can find me, of course, at Woodley Sean. Find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. Go to Discord. The link is in the description. It's free to join. We got like 250 of you little sickos in there. Come join. They're sickos. We're among friends with all the sickos. Goes. It's a good thing, um, and uh, it'd be a great spot to be during Raptors Bucks tonight. I'll have an episode dropping tonight after Raptors Bucks as well, so you can keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again later this evening. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Dan. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thanks for hanging.